0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Minerva's Hands-Free Belt Tightening Solution. Pinch at the purse and can't keep your pants in position? With Minerva's Hands-Free Belt Tightening Solution, you don't need to trip to your tailor to tighten those trousers. Minerva's hand-free belt tightening solution adjusts your slimming waist as the grocery goods get grim. From the guts will get gagged by the cinching circular system. Light wallets give you enough worry. Don't wonder about your waistline with Minerva's hands-free belt tightening solution. Save your regrets for tomorrow. Minerva's Solutions sneaked into Celine nearly unnoticed the spontaneous appearance of Minerva's Crabapple Cider in pubs and restaurants nearly a generation ago. No one thought much of it as slowly growing collection of products stocked the neighborhood dry goods and penny stores. Crabapple Cider, some novelty types, shame tonics, all lingered with the other more common sundries of canned beans and sacks of flour. Until one morning, as servants fetched milk jugs, fresh bread, and the ice men hoisted blocks through ice doors, a fat illustrated catalog appeared on everyone's doorstep. A wondrous collection of solutions for every possible affliction. Too short? Too shy? Talk too much? Bad breath? Can't swim? Minerva's solutions had something for everyone. The catalog was mail order only. Two pages of perforated cards out of the back, pre-addressed and could be filled out and dropped into any of the mailboxes or handed to a carrier, and the very solution would be rushed to you. The Minerva shipments coming in town by train. The bourgeois mind reeled at the possibilities glowing within its pages. Men and women walked about town couldn't help but show off the novelties. The wealthy of Celine did not participate in public, but more so in private, still ordered the products, but much more discreetly. Men would drink and gamble and use the porcupine racetrack solution in basements. Or ladies of Selene might use the toilet mask solution, but wouldn't be seen in public or have them sitting around the house. The middle class of Selene adored them. They became a symbol of disposable income. A line in the city between the working class scraping by and the middle class are able to offset the shame of poverty with novelty goods. They became an icon of living in the now, indulging in a decadent era of prosperity in Selene. Save your regrets for tomorrow became a common refrain against moderation or frugalness. Minerva's Solutions catalog grew fatter, packed with solutions for conditions that didn't even exist yet. And then Minerva's introduced their delivery fleet. A group of young women known as the Starlings. Minerva's fleet of delivery girls wore perfectly crisp black uniforms and rode signature black bicycles with slung heavy leather satchels filled with solutions as they raced through the city's neighborhoods. They were polite, pleasant, and most of all prompt. Minerva's didn't use any of the warehouses in the warehouse district and completely circumvented the Duncans Union. Their storage areas were in converted houses and buildings throughout the city. The messengers would come out of secret entrances where their bicycles were maintained and stored and cleaned, a secret network hidden in plain view, right under the noses of everyone else. Occasionally, a Minerva's order would come from below the river, and a Minerva messenger would brave the bridge, make the delivery, and race back uptown. Things were getting dicey in the sticks, and Minerva's messengers were looked at with disdain as a representative of the bourgeois and their wasted wealth. The shiny black bikes were not welcome anymore. The Duncans didn't like that Minerva Solutions didn't give them their cut and happily cut off the neighborhoods. Harassing and threatening any of the starlings until they stopped riding over the river. One starling, brand new at her job, fresh uniform, bright from training with a brisk air of morning, sped out onto the street, took a deep breath in her lungs. Excited to meet the adventure, to make people's lives a little better. She had one delivery for the day in her leather satchel, a big box that bounced on her hip as she rode. Her name was Maud, and she was the daughter of the Minerva sister, Maddie. Her father was unknown to her. She grew up under the canopy of the growing Minerva empire, had heard stories of her Aunt Mercy and her grandmother Miriam, and lived with the Minerva ethos, Save Your Regrets for Tomorrow. Her aunt Millie was adamant that she train with the other girls, work her way through every position so she knew how the Minerva Solution business ran before she could grow into a leadership position beside her mother and aunt. Maddie was afraid of the dangers that Maud would face on the streets, but Millie was confident that Maud would rise to the occasion. Maud kept her identity a secret, so she was treated just like any of the other girls. And for her first ride, she was to take on a first-day rite of passage. She needed to take a package to a fellow named Henry. Henry was a man who had originally stumbled on a copy of the original Minerva's catalog when he was a boy of six. He was fascinated by it and used it to help him learn to read. He would stay up late squinting against a hidden candle, reading and rereading every solution's description, creating lists of the ones that he wanted to buy and what order he would buy them. He collected every catalog as it was released, tracking any changes, additions, omissions. He had the entire thing memorized, would call out if he spotted any solution in the wild and public, and it would be the primary talk of conversation with any adults. If he found an extra catalog, he would carefully cut out the illustrations, and he and his friends would play marbles for them and trade them like playing cards. And then on Henry's 12th birthday, against his father's wishes, he received his first Minerva's solution. A simple thing, almost like a toy. Minerva's snail-chariot solution. Snail not included. And that's the day his collection began. Henry worked odd jobs and saved up his money to slowly buy and preserve every Minerva solution he could, cleared out his room and created placements with placards for each one like a museum. The elite collection hid in the back of his closet. When he moved out on his own, he rented a spare bedroom just for his collection, and then was able to buy a space where he could sleep in a small loft while tending his growing collection of solutions. The Lantern Paper did a story about him and his collection, and Minerva sent him certificates of authenticity and even a spare Starling delivery uniform he placed on a wooden dress form. His collection was not open to the public, but if you knew him and asked nicely, he would walk you through it, starting with this very first one and take you through displays sorted by categories, show you the empty places and tell you which ones he was still trying to acquire, and ask which were your favorites. It was a rite of passage for every new Starling delivery girl to take the latest solution to Henry. And that morning, Maud, had been that Starling. She was tasked to take Minerva's hands-free belt-tightening solution to Henry for his collection. She'd known, even before her first day, where he was. She mapped the route in her head in bed for three nights and just knew it by heart. Several of the older Starling girls she had shadowed were an incredible sight, could race through the city using secret back alleys, tight corners, would hang onto the cable car for some speed, and were almost invisible black streaks delivering countless packages without seeming to break a sweat. They had the inside skinny for free soda pops, or good sandwiches without the soggy bread, where you could wait out a burst of rain or fix a tire or bust a chain. The starlings could get through the city faster than the needles or fire brigade ever could. After so much of an insular existence with her mother and aunt, Maud was excited to really meet the city of Celine for the first time on her own terms. Maude could get intensely focused on a goal or task and make it nearly an obsession, not so much in a competitive way, but more that she knew she could crack it, that if she just stared hard enough at a problem, a creative solution would spring up. She really wanted to be a great starling, to show her aunt she could be as good as any of the other girls. Unfortunately, it was not a great time on the streets of Celine. There had been several high-profile murders throughout the city, and the killer had left letters with bodies. The killer, calling themselves the Rattletrap, claimed to be from the sticks, and was moving uptown to kill the wealthy and taunting them. It was making the situation with the Duncans worse, and with the bad blood between Duncans and Minervas, Maud was instructed to steer clear of the river. The Starlings were trained to spot danger and avoid trouble, but the Minerva's solutions deliveries had to be made. Luckily, Henry and his collection were only as far as the Arts District. And it was a bright, cloudless morning, and Maud went just fast enough to be prompt, but also took a little time to enjoy it. She made her way down into the Arts District to Henry's loft, parked her bicycle, and used her Minerva's like bike-lock solution. Walked to the sliding metal gate in the alley just off the main street. There she met Henry's cat, Theodore, who was meowing near the door. The metal gate open, the chain and lock dangling, and the door to the stairs slightly ajar. Maud got a little nervous, clutched her satchel close to her, thought about calling for help but then Henry came down the stairs, dragging a bag of trash and dropped it near the incinerator. He wasn't very old, younger than she had expected, but he carried himself in a quiet, almost hunched manner. He wore a soft cardigan and thin reading glasses. His hair was brushed down to one side with his hand. Theodore almost tripped him underfoot as he walked between his legs. Maud tried to fumble a greeting, failed, and yanked the box out of her satchel and shoved it in front of her at Henry. Oh, hello, hello, let me just dust off my hands here. Yes, I've not seen you before, thank you. I've been waiting so eagerly for this one. Judging by size and weight, he gave the box a shake. I'd say it's the hands-free belt tightening solution. You're new, lucky you. Did you wanna come up? Would you like to see the collection? Ma didn't wanna be rude. She accepted and followed him up the stairs. You can see here, well, I don't have to tell you, you know what everything is already. I know you have to memorize the catalog. But maybe you haven't seen this. See these? These are all the catalogs going back to before you were born. And see this one, this? Under the glass here? This is the very first catalog ever printed. Not even your bosses, the Minerva sisters, have a copy of this. I'm the only one. Of course, priceless to me. You can see where my little hands creased those pages. I was a bit clumsy back then. You are so lucky. You you get to be doing something so special. I cannot think of anything more wondrous than Minerva Solutions. Every little detail is like a bit of magic. Oh, I'm going on. Did you want that tea? I should be on my way, Maud said. Oh, for sure. Well, I'll just unwrap this here and we'll see the latest solution. Uh, uh, What's this? Young lady, is this some kind of a prank? Maude didn't know what he meant. She looked closer at the box. Something actually did seem off. The paper seemed twice folded and the box was a different material than the usual Minerva's boxes. Henry removed the top of the box. This looks strange. I don't think this is right. He reached in. There was a click. A sound. And then razor sharp springs shot out into Henry's face and chest, piercing them deeply. Henry wasn't even able to scream. He reeled back, gasping a breath. Collapsing on the ground, Maude froze. Pinned to Henry on the spring that penetrated his heart, directly atop his cardigan was an envelope and a handwritten letter. Dear Boss, keep these wasted solutions off our doorstep. Can you see how deadly they've become? A shame we can't focus on bringing the city together instead of ripping it apart. But you asked for it. You uptown silks will never learn until you're all drowned in the river. I'll get all my hooks into you and drag you down in the muck one by one if I have to. The needles haven't a clue. Maybe they need to see one of their own next time. Yours truly. Feeling trapped in the attic? Ingested a parasite? Looking for a Lenny Penny? Come bask in the emerald green glow of a strange city lying alone. Join our Patreon for Selina Cleverland, and Minerva might just let you pick her next solution. Join our Patreon, and no one will ever ask you for anything ever again. And again, 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 and again.